A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to Central Bodybuilding. I'm your host, Jeff Roberts, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Matt Wyke. What's going on today, Matt? Not much. Another day, another week, another episode. Things are good. How about you? Pretty good. Uh, I just tried and failed at recording with Lee. Uh, we had some connective issues, and um, we recorded for about 40 minutes, and then found out that I wasn't being recorded, only he was. So it was like, Lee talks, and then there's a dead spot. And uh, actually, the same thing happened with John Romano, but I was able to, because that was such a unique interview, I, I made the decision to go back and manually fix it for an hour and a half. But uh, Lee and I rescheduled for tomorrow. Um, so we'll get it done, but uh, here we are, fresh off the Arnold Australia, uh, which was... Not too exciting. Uh, there's some some gossip going around, and uh, oh, you know what we didn't talk about, Matt, was the uh, Sean Ray Dallas McCarver battle that's going on. Um, that's a, that's a, that's another. Uh, it seems like the right now. I don't know how you. I feel like the the, the beginning of the season we have three shows, and I feel like the. The excitement is not coming from the competitions at all. There's no. really no excitement. Like, who was excited to see Cedric beat Dallas? I mean, that's not a good... I mean, even if it was really close, it's still not a great matchup. It's like watching... I don't want to defend it. It's just not like juggernauts going at it. It's not like Phil and Kai up there or something. Um, so, but you had Cedric with his acceptance speech made it great and now you have this show where then you had um the fact that brandon curry brandon curry his transformation in kuwait is what's made is what made new zealand interesting and then this show you have dallas mccarver collapsing which is not really a great word because he didn't collapse at any moment right um but and, and, and then the sean ray banter about because sean ray's butthurt about chad nichols and being a you know, a little bitch about it, like he always is. So, um, acting like Chad Nichols is why these guys are like fucking idiot. But um, th th that's like what people are talking about and what's making headlines. It's not necessarily kind of like no one really cares that um, Brandon Curry won the show or that Max Charles was second. I mean, they all they all look good and stuff, but I mean, it's not a very stacked lineup. I mean, Michael Lockett was third, right? I mean, Michael Lockett third in an Arnold. I mean, Michael Lockett's great, but there's no big names there, really. Uh, Juan opted out. So, yeah, it seems like this the first three seasons of the year have really been, you know, they've really been um, 
about the controversy and the talk uh, rather than the the actual contest. Yeah, I mean, in in all honesty, the the Arnold Columbus, I enjoyed. New Zealand, no, not really. And then you know, obviously the Arnold Australia this past weekend, it. <sighs> The Arnold Columbus was probably the only one that I cared to see. New Zealand was was you know pretty lackluster, and this one there was nobody. I I tip my hat to Guy Sister Nino for for jumping in the lineup. I yeah. mean, obviously going from two twelve up to the open, um, he didn't look great, but I mean he held his own against a lot of the guys that were on stage. I mean, there were nine competitors. Dallas didn't finish, which means that there were eight who actually uh, placed, and Guy placed fifth. So, hey, I, I tip my hat to him for doing that. Um, Brandon Curry, without a doubt, won this. Max Charles looked, you know, good. Michael Lockett, I, I'm I'm still very impressed with Lockett and and what he's done over the last few months. I mean, he he's really been putting it together. His conditioning is good. He put on some size. Um, you know, his posing is good. So, I mean, he's somebody that that I think, along with Max Charles, is really going to do well this year. And Brandon Curry, like you said earlier, coming back from Kuwait, I mean, is just out of this world right now. I mean, it, we talked about it last last week with, with the guys with Kuwait, and they go over and they come back looking better. We talked about Victor for a little bit, and, you know, I, I understand why people are going over there. I mean, your life shuts down. All you do is... You know, eat, train, sleep, and you know, repeat the next day. So you're isolated. You don't have all the the hustle and bustle of you know stuff that goes on life, so to speak, over here in the United States. But you know, the the guys over in Kuwait, and oxygen, uh, oxygen gym, and you know, Bader, they're they're obviously doing their thing. But I mean, I don't know what else we actually want to talk about with Australia, or if we just kind of want to wrap it up there. Um, it was boring. I mean, I would almost rather go right into what happened with Dallas. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to add to Australia? Um, I'm excited about Brandon Curry. Uh, he looked – I mean, to me, he there's not great coverage of these shows, but he looked – I mean, it, it's – I don't really know what he looked like in New Zealand because there was four pictures total. So, um, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say, but for him to be winning these shows, I guess – is is cool. Uh, I I definitely like that because he's still a fairly young guy and it's it's you know it's new blood, which is always good. But yeah, besides that, it was it was lackluster. I mean, I mean this show, I uh, the only reason I mean I was I was at work and I looked at my phone. I saw some. Uh, no, you texted me actually. You texted me. I I, I was checking my work at uh, my phone at work, and. Uh, you, you had texted me and you said something about Dallas collapsing on stage. And you made some comment about it. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, the, the Arnold, you know, I didn't I didn't even like register that the show was going on at that time. And so you said that. And I was like, and then, you know, uh, I kind of I when I when I got home, I looked and, and did some, the you know, just some mild research on it and saw it. So the point is, I didn't even really know the show was going on until you texted me. And usually the Arnold. I mean, think about the Arnold Australia. Even like last year, didn't it have like Evan and fucking, you know what I mean? Like it had all kinds of good people. It had like Evan and Kai and 
Cedric and all these beasts. Now it's like, you know what I mean? I mean, Max Charles is great, but he was second. I mean, last year he wouldn't have been, you know, he got snubbed at the Arnold U.S. last year. But still, you know, it just wasn't the same. But um, Well, that's something that I want to touch on. And you follow the NBA, so you're going to know exactly what I'm saying. And, and it, the big thing right now in the NBA is teams are sitting their key players. Yeah, I love so that you brought people, that up. People are so pissed off that LeBron is, you know, sitting out all these games or, you know, this player or that player or whatever it is. And I, and I really feel like that's where bodybuilding is right now. And, you know, if I if I go to an NBA game and I'm paying good money to go see LeBron, I've never seen him before. I saved up. I got floor seats, you know, right behind the bench. I don't want to see the guy on the damn bench. I want to see the guy playing. I didn't just spend all of that money, you know, drive there, sit in traffic, you know, pay to get the freaking drink and the popcorn and, you know, all that junk. And then you sit there and the guy doesn't even play. Right. That. That I get it. It's a business. The coaches, you know, the long-term strategy is to win a championship, not necessarily win, you know, just that specific game. They're looking at longevity with their athletes, keeping them safe, you know, letting them recover, uh, and, and stuff like that. I get it. But the one thing that I hate about that is then a don't put those games on on television. You know, don't put them on ESPN and and blow them up to be this big game. If the big players aren't playing, I mean, it, it hurts the TV stations and I can guarantee when they go back to negotiations for, you know, 2018, they're going to think twice about who they're going to sign for, for some of these games. I mean, mm-hmm. it, are the networks going to want to pick them up if, if they're, if they have a, you know, feeling that they're going to sit these main players during the season and, you know, people are going to turn off the channel after they're spending all of this money to televise it, it's not going to be worth it. And I really feel like that's where bodybuilding is. The first three um, competitions that we've that we've seen this year so far, the Arnold Classic in Columbus, New Zealand, and now Australia, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away that the Arnold is being snubbed. Columbus was terrible. I mean, you where was Rami? Where was uh, Ruli? Where was Dayasha? Uh, you know, you could have De, uh, De La Rosa in there. Where was Kai? Where was Dexter? I mean, I, I could go on and on and on and on, probably all night of people who who snubbed the Arnold. And and I'm looking at this going, you know, where where are these guys? They could go up on the Arnold Classic with, you know, some of the biggest bodybuilders in the world of all time that have been on the Arnold stage and and nobody wants to compete in the Arnold. I mean, I would have thought for sure, at least some of these guys would have went to Columbus and they didn't. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're holding out. They're going to go to Australia or some of the others and, and do the tour, so to speak, and kind of clean house like Kai did collect the paycheck. But nobody did that. Brandon Curry's the one who's going to be going around collecting all these paychecks I mean, we're not, probably not going to see uh, Cedric again until the Olympia. We're not going to see Phil. Um, who did I text you that we're not going to see? Oh, Ruli. Ruli's mm-hmm. sitting out this entire year. We're only going to see him at the Olympia. I got to be honest. It, 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 I really didn't want to use the F word today, but uh, it, it fucking pisses me off. Uh-huh. You know, we're here, we're here to watch bodybuilding because we love the sport of bodybuilding. And these fucking guys are sitting it out mm-hmm. until September. Get the fuck out of here. You know, what? Right. so you know what? I'm just going to sit Michael Jordan until we get to the NBA finals because ah, he's just that good. 
are, are you kidding me right now? Like, if you are a fan of bodybuilding, then get up on stage. If if that's your life and you love the sport, then get up on stage. I I just don't yeah. understand the thinking of sitting it out for the entire year, putting all of your eggs in one basket to, to hope that you nail your conditioning, that the timing is perfect, that your tan is great, your oil is great. You know, you peak at the right time for one freaking night. That's that's your paycheck right there. And you're going to sit out every single show this entire year and bank on that. Phil Heath, I get it. Right now, he's larger than life. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to win it again this year. But where is everybody else? What what gives you the right to sit out this entire year and only do one show? Mm-hmm. And I I'm, I might be the minority here. People might be saying, well, who are you to tell these people that they have to compete more than once a year? It's That's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. You can have your own opinion. I understand that. But for me as a bodybuilding fan, a bodybuilding follower, a bodybuilding lover, I love the sport. I love to see these competitors. I love to see them go head to head. I love us talking about these big competitors getting up on stage and, and competing. And they're not there. Not one. I mean, all the people that should be on stage to at least get their name out there, De La Asha should have been there. Uh, De La Rosa, uh, De Asha should have been there. De La Rosa should have been there. Uh, a whole bunch of other up-and-comers should have oh, yeah. been there. When are, when are we going to see Cody Montgomery? Is that dude ever going to compete again? I mean, yeah. or is he just going to sit out every year because he's not ready yet? He's going to take a year off so he can get some more training under his belt and put on some more size. And I mean, there's a whole list of athletes that I could – you know, run down and say, where were they? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I love that you brought up the NBA because I've been wanting to bring this up on a show. Actually, you beat me to the punch for, for a while because when I see guys sitting in the NBA, it's the same issue we're having. It's literally the same exact issue and it stems from the same exact place. And to me, it's hundred percent social media, hundred percent because you ask what gives them the right social media. Instead of competing, Dexter's making YouTube videos. Like, so in other words, let's take like let's take basketball. Fifteen fifteen years ago, let's say you know, um, in in two thousand two even. Let LeBron James. How do you you don't see LeBron James unless he plays? You know what I'm saying? You don't. There's no. Facebook and shit. There's no... You might see him on a commercial, but that's a fucking commercial. It lasts 20 seconds. Like, you don't... Normal people don't see LeBron unless he competes. Right. Well, how else do you see LeBron? Or or how about 2001, Jay Cutler at the Olympia? When do you see Jay Cutler? You gotta buy his fucking DVD. That's the most boring thing on the planet. And spend, you know, $60 on it. Or you don't see him unless he competes. So, they have to compete. That's all they have. Now, you have all these outlets for people to see them nonstop. You have, you have fucking LeBron James going back and forth with nobodies on Twitter. That's why. Because what's the point of him competing? It's, in other words, what's happening is the fame and money and followers is first and the competition is second. Whereas before, 10, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, it had to be... The competition was first because that's where you became famous. Now you become famous on YouTube and Twitter and shit. You don't become famous on stage or on the court. I mean, you can, but the easy way is to make fucking videos. 
And I think that's this. I think that's exactly what we're seeing in the NBA. Like Steph Curry is, you know, he he's got because of social media, we're we we we're saturated with him. We see what he's doing. We see what he's eating. We see all this shit. And like, what 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 difference does it make if he competes or not to him? It doesn't matter. He might piss some people off, like you and I, who want to see him play. But if it were 15 years ago, he would definitely compete. Because if he didn't compete, people didn't see him. That's how he garnered his fame. And bodybuilding's the same way. Bodybuilding's even worse, obviously, because way more people watch basketball games than bodybuilding shows. Like a guy like, um, look at Jason Huh. Jason Huh is all over social media, but he doesn't compete. It's right. like... Put it this way, if you take a guy like Rich Piana, Rich Piana, this dumb fucking Rich Piana, he makes more money than any bodybuilder except probably Phil Heath. He doesn't compete at all. And he, like, think about it. He's only a bodybuilder. That's all Rich Piana does. He's a bodybuilder. Or that's, I mean, he might do this, that, or the other thing, but I'm talking about, like, from, from the public's perspective, the people who are making him rich by watching his stupid shit, he's a bodybuilder. The same as Sean Roden's a bodybuilder. The same as Brandon Curry's a bodybuilder. But he makes way more money than all these guys without even stepping on stage. You can be this diesel guy and have a good YouTube presence and shit, and you'll make way more money than if you went the way harder. Like, let's say instead of going on YouTube and everything, you dedicated yourself to bodybuilding like Jay Cutler did, but you weren't that talented. So maybe you get to, like, top five. Like, you, you compete in the Olympia several years in a row and you're each seventh eighth fifth you know one of the best in the world you'll make way more money and you just get what comes along with that maybe some shitty contracts and stuff with some shitty companies you'll make way more money as a successful youtuber with muscles than you will being fifth of the olympia so why would like what's the point of them competing when they can sit home and make videos and talk about whatever and you can see they're all doing it I mean, you got Evan Senapani is trying to push social media hard. You got Dexter's now pushing it hard. Guys who never did it. Um, uh, who else? Sh- um, what's his name? Jose Raymond's pushing it hard. Guys who never did it. There's some guys who are kind of staying away. Like David Henry's not really into it. He's got he makes money himself. Uh, so I think that's totally what it is. Whether you're talking about basketball or you're talking about bodybuilding, it doesn't make fiscal sense to go into to go to fly to Australia and compete in the when you can just that's not what's getting you popularity. Fifteen years ago, if you went and competed, listen, think about it. If you went and competed at the Australia fifteen years ago, guess what? And you place fourth. You're in Flex Magazine now. You're in MD. You're on whatever sites they had back then. You're on Bodybuilding.com. You're on all these in all these, and you're at the show in front of the thousands of fans, where, and that's the old, like they don't see you anywhere else. So in other words, if you don't go, nothing. Fifteen years ago, you don't go to Australian Pro, nothing happens. No one sees you. No, nothing changes. But if you go, now you're in Flex Magazine the next month. You're in MD the next month. You're in Muscle Mag the next month. Your pictures and everything, how you looked, and. Whatever media outlets are around, which is, you know, maybe get big back then or, or um, you know, bodybuilding.com, you're on those things. So it's when you competed back then, it was automatic publicity. Boom. Now 
it's like secondary like yeah it's a little bit of publicity but the real publicity is your fucking social media account and i think basketball is the same way it's like pro athletes are losing their like mystique because social media is is, is making them too close to us and they no longer feel that well i better go out and comp- like if if the golden state is competing in you know whatever whatever town you know and they're competing in texas they don't they they know you don't have to go compete in front of the texas fans because they see you on social media every day 15 years ago it wasn't the case the fans in houston never saw you ever maybe on a fucking brita commercial stupid ass commercial that you don't even talk in you know but and you had to go there to get your popularity up you go there and you make 11 threes in one game now you have a whole bunch of new fans from texas now it doesn't matter because you're on social media i i think that's the i i don't know if there's a cure for it to be honest with you i mean how do you you almost can't blame the guys like would you rather be like a, a giant bodybuilder and train eat sleep make videos and make a bunch of money like like rich piana or would you kill yourself in the gym and have to dehydrate and compete and this and that like it's it's no longer about the competition it's about social media it's about and guys in the nba will say this too like charles barkley brings this up and shit he says today it's more about the glitz and the glamour and the fame and the money than it is the championships where 15 years ago is about because because the championship was everything. It not only was it the championship, your childhood dream, but it was also that's how you got the glitz and the glamour and the money. Now they're they're separate. You don't have to win championships and be great at the sport to necessarily make tons of money. Where you do look at look at I don't know if you're following this Lavar Ball bullshit where his dad he he plays for UCLA. He's like one of the best college players in the country. You, you following this at all? No. Well, his dad is, like, saying stupid shit, like, his son is already better than Steph Curry. He says he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, all this nonsense. And it's it's creating all this buzz. And none of them, they haven't, I mean, he, his dad was a shitty basketball player. He's only in college. He hasn't even sniffed the pros yet. He's nowhere close right now. So, like, but because of social media, he's fucking famous as can be right now. One of the main topics right now in 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 basketball is LeVar Ball, who's like a 19-year-old kid in college who can't, like, if you put him in the NBA right now, he, he would not be effective. But he's like a bigger story than most NBA starters just because of social media, just because his dad's on social media running his mouth. It's, it's, it's I mean, I don't know. I think that's it. Like, what do you think about that? Well, it's it's tough. And I was actually watching, I think it was uh, the first take with, with Stephen A. And, and a few of those other guys. And they were interviewing some NFL players, one of them being Richard Sherman. And and they asked these NFL athletes, they said, hey, do you feel NFL players, with everything that's going on today with concussions and, and whatnot, do the athletes and players love the game as much as they once did? And a lot of the the people that were on the panel here that they were talking to, and including Richard Sherman, said, you have the guys who are diehard. Like they're, they will do whatever it takes to, to be on the field. But then you have the guys who are just there to collect the paycheck and, and they're waiting for the off season so they can go live off of that NFL lifestyle. 
where you know they're making millions of dollars and they can go on vacations and they can go to all these fancy places and buy fancy things and and whatnot and it's the lifestyle for them more than anything and a lot of these guys they're seeing long term you know you take too many shots to the head you don't know what your life is going to be like you know after you retire you could make all this money you know playing the NFL for you know god knows how many years and then when you retire, the next year you end up with some weird uh, disorder because of taking one too many to the head. And and what type of life is that? Now you have all this money for what? So it seems like a lot of these guys are going into the NFL to make the money, to live the lifestyle, and then get the hell out while they can. But it's like with bodybuilding, you don't get near the amount of money that you do to be in the NFL or NBA or NHL or MLB or whatever. Hell, even golf. But it's like – no one makes money like golfers. <laughs> but it's like I don't understand if if you're and if you're a football player, you love to play the sport. You like to go in the game. And and it might not be long term. They might be, you know, heading out early just to protect their bodies. But with bodybuilding, it's almost like they don't want to get on stage. They want to save it for that one day, just the Olympia, and see what happens on that day. It's it's the complete opposite of what we're seeing in other sports where people want to get in, do everything that they can, and then get the hell out. It's like I could have saw Dexter retiring last year. You know, obviously he's not, but, you know, he went in. He, he you know, continued to break records. He was winning a whole bunch of shows. And he could have bailed and said, I'm done. I made my money. Uh, you know, I broke the records. I'm, I'm you know, riding off into the sunset. But But he didn't. And then you have these newcomers. You know, I, I would still consider Rami a newcomer. Uh, definitely De La, uh, De Asha and De La Rosa and all these other guys. I would even say, you know, Ruli, for the most part, is is fairly new on the scene. I mean, he, he hasn't really won anything big until last year because he came in with the biggest bubble gut ever. And, and so he truly, you know, made his mark last season. And now he's sitting out until the Olympia. It's just like... What is there to look forward to this year if everybody is going to be sitting out for the Olympia? Are we going to have nothing to talk about until September hits? And then all of a sudden, you know, the big lights from, uh, uh, you know, the Las Vegas are, are flashing. And now all of a sudden we have something to talk about. It's just I, I don't understand the reasoning for not wanting to get on stage. I mean, for me, if if I were an athlete – and, you know, I walked away from from playing tennis. I had an extremely successful career playing tennis, but I knew that to get to the next level and to actually uh, financially have it make sense, the amount of time and effort that I would have to put into it, just it wasn't worth it for me. So it's almost like I look at it from that point of view for these athletes. It's like if if you don't see this long term, then get out like we want to see you guys on stage. If you don't share that same passion for your fans wanting to see you on stage, then get out. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I know what you're saying, Matt, but I think it, it, it's it's kind of tough because it's hard to like qualify people's passion to I mean, I guess I totally understand where, where the guys are going. I feel like bodybuilding, without the prize money and shit, I don't think it can survive with social media being around. Because why would you – It's it, 
I mean, honestly, right now, competing in bodybuilding is you are only doing it. And people have said this forever, but it wasn't always that. It wasn't always as true as it is now. You only compete now because you want to compete and you want to be a champion. There's no other stuff that even comes along with it anymore because it's like you don't have – like Rich Piana, again, I bring him up again. It's, it's like that whole – he doesn't compete at all. Look at Boston Lloyd's dumbass. He doesn't compete, but he's he, – all he does is he's a bodybuilder. That's all he does. That's all he knows. But he makes more money than most all competitors in the pros because of social media. So why the hell would they compete? Why would they – the only reason they would ever compete is because they were obsessed about becoming Mr. Olympia. And it's kind of hard to blame somebody. Like let's take a guy like, you know, Michael Lockett or something. If Michael Lockett was really personable and he could make this awesome YouTube channel and get, you know, a million subscribers or whatever, why would he compete? What's the point? He's going to make 10 times more money on fucking YouTube and whatever, you know, endorsements he can get from that. What's the point of him going and killing himself on stage? I mean, it's like – Everybody has this new outlet that is social media to do their thing in front of. So, like, it, it, it's pretty basic. I mean, 15 years ago, you had to do your craft in its arena. You couldn't just do it online. Everyone could see. 15 years ago, if you, if you, wanted, if you wanted people to see your basketball skills, you had to go play in the NBA on TV. That's the only choice you had. There was no video shit like that. And the same with bodybuilding. 15 years ago, if you wanted people to know who you were as a bodybuilder, you wanted to get fame and money, you had to go and compete. That's how people saw you. Now you have the, the social media option there. And it's it's completely like tainted the whole idea of the competition being number one. And it, it, it sucks because from a competitive standpoint, it really sucks because like you said, if you – these guys aren't really – they don't really care that much about competing. Um, so without big money in the competitions, then it's it's like where do you – what do you – what do you – you know, why – you I can see why they're not competing. Uh, although I don't agree with that. I want to see them competing more. Uh, Lee and I just talked about uh, – which you guys won't hear because it didn't fucking record. But we just talked about how um, the, the qualification system is retarded in bodybuilding. What what sport? Who thinks it's a good idea to have Mister like have one guy not compete all year and then compete once? Like why would you do that? It's like the Cleveland Cavaliers just don't play again till next year's finals, or the like. No other sport does that. No other sport even comes close to doing that. Why do we do it? Just so we can stay the shittiest sport? It's like that's just so dumb. I, we we talked about how there should be a qualification system, so there's an incentive to compete for everyone. Once the season ends, the season ends. You can't qualify for the 2017 season in 2016. What other sport is like that? Why would anyone think that's okay? It, like I don't. That shit blows my mind. It's like at any other sport, like you know, Jordan Spieth or whatever that kid's name is in, in in golf is wins the Masters, so he's just everything. He doesn't have to do anything until the next year. Like that's stupid. You know, it, it's like not only it, it it's it's ruined so many things. Um, the competitiveness, the 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 getting Mr. Olympia out there and everything, you know, but it, it just comes down to the idea of, like you said, fame is just fame and fortune is much easier 
to because I, I can totally see bodybuilding turning into a social media thing. It's like there's no competitions anymore. All there are are guys online like Boston Lloyd and these guys talking to a camera. And that's what bodybuilding is. I mean, there's basketball players who make a lot of money not playing, like not competing in any high level of basketball. All they do is make videos online, basketball videos and t- the tutorials and this, that, and the other. Like there's guys on, there's YouTubers who play basketball who probably make as much as some of the lower end uh, NBA guys, and they they're not even they're not even close to them. They're all right, but they have special niche things they do, you know. And that's that's like so if if you're if you're like let's say you're you know someone who the sixth man on a shitty NBA team, or or even a starter on a shitty NBA team, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm traveling all over the world. I miss my family. This is fucking bogus. I could probably make a YouTube channel, make 70% of the same amount of money, and not leave the house. That's an option now. And it never was before. So, you, you, I mean, that's an extreme example. But the real-life example is Steph Curry sitting out, everyone sitting out, and this and that. It doesn't really... It's, 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 it's like... I just hope that it doesn't continue to unravel into the situation where everything becomes social media-driven. Every sport is social media driven. Every, you know, bodybuilding's just on social media. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I don't, under, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good solution to it. I mean, you could change the qualification system, but that doesn't change guys like, you know, uh, fucking, um, what's his name? Jason Huh and those guys. It's still, they're, they're not competing. It doesn't matter what the qualification system is. They're not look at Kai Green. Kai Green's a prime example of this. Kai Green doesn't need bodybuilding because he can go and blabble about nothing on social media and people follow him. Fifteen years ago, Kai would not have quit bodybuilding because that's all he had. As soon as he quits, what does he do? You know? He can't make social media videos fifteen years ago. So he would have kept competing and trying to beat Phil Heath, because that's where his fame was coming from. Not his stupid rants about nothing. Um I mean, I don't know if it's if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, from a competitive standpoint, it seems like a bad thing, and it's even infiltrating other sports now, um, namely basketball, like you said. But I think it's the same issue. I don't think that. I don't know if Steph Curry and those guys are. I I think they are. Concerned with winning, and that's their main drive, but at the same time. Their fame and. Uh, their fame and their money and everything—it's—it's it's like guaranteed now. Whereas before, it didn't seem it didn't seem that way. They had to compete. That's where competing was everything. If you were a pro basketball player, competing in NBA games was your whole life. That's all that mattered, basically. That's how you got famous. That's how you got money. That's how you got success. That's how you got contracts. That's how you got everything. Now it's not like that. Now competing is part of it, but another huge part of it is social media and followings and this and your fucking agent and all this crap. So it's 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 just there's a shift happening where the competition itself is becoming less of a priority and just being relative or yeah, just staying relative is 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 what's really becoming important and uh I don't know if I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really like it because it, 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 
I think it breeds things like Rich Piana and uh, I mean, look at Rich. I mean, I would bet that Boston Lloyd's dumbass makes more money than like, I mean, f- from being a bodybuilder, he probably makes more money than David Henry. For sure, he does. How the hell? How the hell? Does Boston Lloyd make more money from bodybuilding than fucking uh, David Henry? That's that's all because of social media. There's no other reason. Because without 15 years ago, it would not even be close. In fact, 15 years ago, fucking David Henry was probably making $150,000 a year through bodybuilding. Think he's making that now? No way. No, I mean, he has other jobs. That's, I mean, he's like a military man and all that shit. So he's like, gets his own money. But the point is, that's... That's the perfect representation of it. You got Rich Piana making more money than Sean Roden. And they're both they're own they're both bodybuilders. There's nothing else there. It's not like Rich is a bodybuilder and a physicist or a bodybuilder and a bass. It's like they're both bodybuilders. That's it. That's what they do. But Rich makes way more money by being an idiot on social media. You got to think Sean looks at that and says, "Man, why don't I just do that? It's fucking way easier than competing in this shit, you know?" I, I just think, but I don't know what I don't know where we go from here to correct that problem because it doesn't seem like, and, and especially in bodybuilding, I feel like this is happening at a rapid pace. Like, I mean, I feel like the the, the depth of the shows in the last five years has fallen off so hard. And like I said, look at the Arnold last year, Kai, Cedric, Evan, you know, uh, Compton. It was just a whole different lineup. I, I think the way that we fix this is we have to go back to pushing more of the scoring system. And while I guess I could see the Olympia winner getting an invite to the Olympia the following year, I still think that they have to at least compete in one or two shows during the year prior to the Olympia. And, you know, I I just hate this whole, oh, well, so-and-so won this show, you're automatically qualified next year. Or if you win that, you're automatically qualified for the Olympia. You know, I think that, you know, we should have some type of scoring system and, and push it hard like we have now. But it has to be for everybody. So you can't have guys like Ruley who are like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit out this year and compete at the Olympia. Um, it, I don't even like the whole – Anybody who who was a previous winner can get an invite to to come back or or have guys like Kevin Lavroni, you know, getting an invite to go to the Olympia. While it was cool, it's it's not right. Um, I mean, it adds a, a cool storyline, but you have guys who are competing all year long trying to get to the Olympia, and then you have you know a special invite for certain people. I, I just think that we need to figure out some type of of system. That, that gets out of automatic entries into any show. You know, I think if if you win the the Arnold, then maybe you get the immediate invite to the Olympia. If you uh, you know just win some smaller show, then literally those are just points that that yeah. accumulate depending on how many right. competitions that you. Uh, go to and and how you place yeah and then the the top numbers like that should be right now get the invite to the olympia mm-hmm. i just i i just don't understand how we have this um this system where we just allow people just to compete at at the olympia 
you know, Roden, Ruley. Who you knows if we're going to see yeah. Rami until then. You can't Dexter qualify by winning won. a small show either. That's stupid. Yeah, I hate that. It's stupid. I mean, you got Brandon Curry wins the New Zealand. He doesn't have to compete again. Like, that's stupid. He should get he should get a good amount of points, but not enough to automatically get him into the Olympia. And the only reason you should qualify when you win the Arnold is because of the amount of points you get. Um, just because you win the Arnold, I don't think it should be an automatic invitation. I think it should be a ton of points that are nearly insurmountable. But you could have a guy who wins three small shows and still beats the guy who won the Arnold. You know? You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's something something needs to change. I mean, it's it's ridiculous the way it is right now, and I hate that bodybuilding has gotten to a point where we focus more on social media, like you said, than we do on the actual sport. I I don't care to see training video anymore. I don't I don't want to see uh you know necessarily a walkthrough of of your house. Yes, it's cool, but that's not the reason why I'm you know engaged in the social media that that you're using, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever. You know, we we watch you because we're intrigued by the sport of bodybuilding and what you can do and portray on stage. So something something just needs to change. The way that it is right now is is completely messed up, and I don't think it's going to change, but I don't think it's right. No, I agree with you. I, I agree with hundred percent. I've I've written, I think, multiple articles about the the um, qualification system and everything, and I just think it's. I mean. Just look at sports, individual sports that are successful, and our shit is nothing like them. The way that we – we just do some really asinine things, like letting people qualify for no reason. Like, top five at the Olympia don't have to compete ever again. For, what? Who, who – what? What What power that be thinks that's a good idea? Like, man, that's stupid. But, I mean, you got, like, Dexter Jackson plays his fifth. He doesn't have to compete again. Yeah, that's great. Good, good, good fucking idea. Um – Anyways, we moving on from that, we did have a, a bit of a mishap at the Australia when Dallas um, collapsed, uh, which, hmm. I mean, honestly... Air quotes. Yeah, I mean, I did. I literally did the air quotes. Good call. Um, <laughs> he, he, he didn't collapse. He almost did. Then he was caught by the, the guy there uh, um, next to the stage who he, he had motioned it for him to come over, which was smart. Um People are making a lot out of nothing, I think. I mean, he's a 280-pound pro athlete squeezing the shit out of his muscles, dehydrating and shit, sick. Um, was it the sickness? Was it the dehydration? It was probably everything. I mean, come on now. He's fucking, like I said, if you listen to bodybuilder, I mean, talk to, if you listen to any pro bodybuilder, you're not too far from passing out at any moment on stage. It's, it's fucking hard. You're dehydrated. You're you're overtrained. You got these hot lights on you. You're squeezing your muscles. You you like you fucking you feel like you're gonna pass out. That's the that's the way it goes. So like, I mean, I, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. People are saying like, oh, was it really sickness or was it his protocol and all this shit? It's like, who cares? It doesn't really make a difference to me. I mean, I don't really care why he collapsed. It's it's not really. Who cares? I mean, he's competed a lot of times. It's never happened before. Um. He was fine at the Arnold. He was fine in New Zealand. I mean, he probably is sick. Is that the only reason he fell? Definitely not, or didn't fall, but was like a little bit woozy. That's not the only reason, because if he was sitting at home having a bag of chips with his sickness, he wouldn't have done that. It's everything, you know? Um, but I think I think the backlash from Sean Ray 
is the real story here. Like he just did you read the stuff that Sean Ray put out there? Or yeah, you, you know what I I I saw what Sean put out and I saw what Dave Palumbo recently put out and and I'll give my two cents, but I'll let you go first. I mean, a lot of the stuff. I don't know, man. I think some of the things that that he said were just. I mean, first of all, the kid's 25. He plays second at the Arnold. Um, and then second, I mean, he's 25 years old. He's one of the, he's probably the best 25 year old to open scene in decades. So no matter what happens to him on stage or whatever placing he gets to bash him like that, I just think is not right because yeah, he could have been better. Yeah. That, that video with him posing with for uh Mannion was, was pretty embarrassing and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't change the fact that he's like the best 25-year-old open competitor we've seen in years. So probably since – I mean, I, don't, I can't even think of the other, the next guy. Um, what 25-year-old plays second at the Arnold in the last uh, 10 years or whatever? It, it, it doesn't really happen. Um, and then he, he talks he, – he compares him to Trey Brewer. Like, Trey Brewer couldn't fucking – he was like seventh at Nationals. He, he was not even in the running to win a pro card. He was just a massive young kid that people thought, you know, they blew smoke up his ass. You can't compare, like, that's not even, that's so stupid. That's like, comparing him to Trey Brewer is like comparing uh, a guy who's uh, a starter on a good NBA team to a kid who was playing Division Two at a high level. It's not, what are you talking about? Um... And then he goes on to bash Chad Nichols and shit, which was probably the worst part of the whole thing. How he's saying, like, he lists all the people. Tom Prince, kidney issue, had nothing to do with, uh, had nothing to do with Chad Nichols. Um, like, I talked to Tom Prince on several occasions. He has a fucking disease. Same with um, Flex Wheeler. Then he talks about who he, he talked about, I think, Don Long, you know, no kidney, so and so, so and so. It's like Ronnie Coleman had to do this. It's like, to, to call out, I mean, what are you really bitching about, Sean? Why are you even bringing up Chad Nichols? What is the, what, I mean, I don't, I don't get the Chad Nichols. I mean, I get it. Like he, I don't think he likes Chad Nichols because Chad Nichols guys always whooped him back in the day, but I don't know. It's like, it's like when you're arguing with someone and they get really mad and they start getting irrational. So they start bringing up shit that doesn't even... Yeah, what about that one time you're fucking... It's like they start bringing up shit that has nothing to do with the argument at hand. You know, when people... They they run out of ammunition in, a, in an argument. So they start bringing up stuff that has nothing to do with the argument. Like hurtful things. Um, like they bring up somebody's divorce when they're talking about, you know, which way... You know, who's the better football player? Like, well, you got a divorce. It's like... that. That sounds like what Sean is doing. Like lashing out at Chad because of something Dallas was going through and not only lashing out, but lashing out in a way that was like very sort of personally harmful to Chad, like saying that he is putting everyone's life in danger that he, that he, uh, um, works with is just something that's like, man, it's not something you say or not something that should be taken lightly. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Sean's deal is, but, and then you have Boston Lloyd's dumbass talking about whatever he's talking about. Like, I'm not who even cares. Just talking like a moron. 
um, which is all he is able to do. Uh, but yeah, that's how I think about it. I just don't think, I mean, Sean had some points. Um, I don't think Dallas being super pissed off at him about his comments about his video with Jim Mannion, like what, like Dave said, I kind of agree with Dave there, I guess. I mean, dude, you put out a shitty video, you looking like shit right before a show. People are going to say you look like shit. Relax. Like don't, you can't hate the guy for that. He didn't personally attack you or anything. Um, but now it's like a personal thing. He's getting personal with Chad and shit. So I don't know. I don't know. what. I, I just think Sean is, I don't know. Sean seems on this, in this instance, Sean seems a little like psychotic to me, to be honest. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll chime in. I, I'm getting so sick of Sean and, and his comments lately. And I'll be honest, I stuck up for him. And, and I think, you know, this, uh, several episodes where I've said, you know, I've, I've been with him backstage and on stage at the Arnold amateur when he was the MC and I was, um, presenting to the winners. He and I always had good conversation. I literally everything that people said about him, I I would look at him and go, I I don't know. I never had that experience with him. I'm, I'm starting to see it. And it's starting to get annoying the direction that the sport of bodybuilding is going. I, I feel like I'm in high school and, and I'm going to throw Dave Palumbo in here and I respect Dave. Uh, yeah, I doubt he's listening to this, but it, either way, I, I don't care this, this petty back and forth between RX and MD. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm, I'm over Me too. it. You know what? Both parties, you're so fucking unprofessional. It's, it's not even funny. I'm I'm over both at this point. What what point does Dave have? Everybody knows what's going on with MD. N- nobody can can save what's going on with MD. It is what it is. Blackman's not paying people. He's letting people go. He throws Ron Harrison. Ron Harris is trying to save his people, so he's covering up for things that people are saying, and he's trying to say how Dave is slandering Peter and this back and forth. I feel like I'm in fucking high school. I feel like it's it's you know. One one group against another group in high school, and it's it's the most petty thing that I have ever heard of or seen in my entire life. This is not what the industry needs. We're talking about bodybuilding. I don't give two flying fucks what's going on between RX and MD. Let it go. Both mm-hmm. of you look like idiots for continuing to go back and forth on this. And and Dave wants to you know go after Sean and uh, you don't know what you're talking about and you're not a journalist and blah blah you know what I don't I don't care if if Sean blasted Dallas uh, because of how he looked in Pittsburgh I don't we were critical of them that doesn't make us any less of of a journalist because we don't agree with how somebody looks. It's just Dave is trying to point the finger at MD saying that how they're so off on this and off on that. There were points that Sean made on on different occasions that I said I, I agree with what he's saying, and and Dave completely you know bashed him for it. You know the whatever happened at the the Arnold in Columbus, the whole back and forth there where Sean supposedly yeah, stole Ashkenani after the uh, after his win and the back and forth and all of that stuff. It, you know what? It looks it looks so childish, and and I'm almost ashamed to be in the industry if that's how. You know, some of the people that I idolized, that I respected, 
if if that's how they want this industry to go. You know, if they don't look at themselves on, on all these YouTube videos and feel foolish and feel like an idiot, I, I mean, you might as well go on a talk show with Boston Lloyd and Rich Piana and, and go do Jerry Springer or something. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's where the industry is going. And, you know, what happened to Dallas? It was unfortunate. I, I wholeheartedly believe that it was a combination of being dehydrated, uh, probably due to some diuretics, along with probably whatever medication he was on for his either bronchitis or upper respiratory infection or, you know, whatever it was, the combination of all of it, it, it was just un, an unfortunate event. It's not that Chad Nichols is is a bad person and he's he's you know willing to do whatever it takes to have his competitors win if it you know means that they're going to have kidney failure in a few years and all this nonsense. I, I don't agree with Sean on that, and I do think that there's some underlying issues that that Sean is trying to uh, to bring to surface. Where you know it could have been that a lot of Chad's athletes did put a whooping on Sean back in the day, but you know what I I don't care. The fact of the matter is, you know Dallas who. Almost, almost collapsed on stage. He motioned to have the guy on the on the side of the stage come over and help him. He basically fell fell into the guy. They helped him over the stage. Guy Sister Nino's backstage, uh, and and guy, somebody who was there, flat out said he was convulsing, almost like he was having a seizure. Guy, guy is is a bystander. He's a competitor and and a friend of Dallas. Why would he lie about that? So for them to say, oh, well, you know, it was it was nothing. It, it was a serious event. You know, it wasn't the fact that he was just dehydrated and he was, you know, going to pass out. It, it was there was there was some serious things going on. And I mean, we don't know that. I mean, did Dallas go to the hospital after and, and get checked out? I, I don't know. I haven't heard that. But, you know, Dallas, you know, they they put the IV in, um, got some fluids back in them, you know, electrolytes and stuff. And, and he came back on stage. He wanted to compete. And and, you know, obviously they they decided it was not going to happen. There was no way he was going to get back on stage. And and the competitors even said when they went back to see Dallas after they walked off the stage, Dallas said, you know, will they let me compete? I want to finish the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that shows the kind of mindset that this kid has. He's 25. He's not thinking, oh, man, like I'm, I'm jacked up right now. Like this isn't this isn't good. Like there's something really wrong. This kid's like, fuck this. I came all the way here. I want to compete. Like, that's why I came here. I came yep. to compete. And I can guarantee he wouldn't even care if he placed last. He wanted to go out there and put a show on. And and you know what? Despite what everybody says about Dallas, I respect that kid for that. And he came out after the show. You know, he said, hey, you know, I love you guys. I'm going to be back. Um, you know, Tony allowed him time to speak on stage. And and Dallas impressed me. At 25, he, he showed that you know, win, lose, or draw, he's he's a champion. And and he wants to give the, the people the show and and do whatever it takes. So I respect him. Uh, it was an unfortunate event. I, I'm not gonna blast Chad saying that that oh well you shouldn't have, you know, you know, pushed him to do this or do that or, you know, you shouldn't have supplied him with, you know, the diuretics that he was taking, or you should have known that there could have been an interaction between this, that and the other. You know what? None of us are in either of their shoes. Maybe it was Dallas saying I don't care if I'm sick. I'm going to take the stuff, you know, whether you like it or not. So we don't know the whole story. So for Sean to go in and be blasting Chad, saying he's a bad person and what he's trying to do is is end Dallas's career early, that's nonsense. 
you know, it's hearsay. You're completely making that up. You don't know the story. You weren't back there. You weren't in the hotel room when they were probably going over the routine and, and checking the physique and dialing things in further and making adjustments and talking about it. You weren't there. So so don't be saying that, you know, Chad is is this terrible person. You don't know what happened. Um, so I don't agree with Sean on that. But, you know, it's it's just an unfortunate event. Obviously, there were a lot of things that came into play, his his sickness and, and obviously probably some of the diuretics and, uh, you know, the drying out process and dehydration and stuff like that all came into play. And it was just one of those freak things that happens. I mean, it's like you said earlier. I mean, these guys are almost near death standing on stage posing mm-hmm. with a smile on their face. I mean, if, if nobody if nobody listening to this has been on stage, you have no idea what it's like, uh, you know, backstage with some of these competitors. They go out and put on a show and put a smile on. But when they're sitting backstage and, and you know, you try and talk with them or, or you know, converse or whatever, they they literally look like they are going to die at any second. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've worked with so many bodybuilders over the years when I was with Metrex, and, and I've heard so many stories, and I've been backstage and, and all of this stuff. And it's funny what happens behind the scenes, but nobody truly knows how terrible you feel on stage when you're peaking, when you look your best, the best you will ever look in your entire life on stage is the moment that you feel like you are going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just for that one moment you know, that one night that you can showcase all of your hard work. Uh, so I'm not about to to rob Dallas of that. He didn't feel good. He probably should have stepped out and, and not even competed in Australia, but he didn't. He went there anyways, you know, fighting, you know, whatever illness he had, uh, again, whether it was an upper respiratory or bronchitis or whatever. So I give him props for, for doing that. And and I think Sean is way off base. I think Dave Palumbo needs to drop this entire thing, get back to reporting, you know, bodybuilding and fitness. You know, enough with this MDRX nonsense. MD, in in my opinion, doesn't even exist anymore. They've lost everybody. They're down to like one athlete. And and the fact that uh, Sean Ray is blasting Dallas when Aaron Singerman is probably one of the only sponsors that are left. For for MD, I would have thought Blackman Dallas, would have been Dallas like, is the only MD athlete. That's that's what I'm saying. So why <laughs> like, would what the fuck, why, Sean? Why wouldn't why wouldn't Blackman go? Hey, Sean, shut the fuck up, okay? Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up. We only have one. We have one sponsor left, and you're pissing off the athlete of the guy who's paying to sponsor us. So shut up. You know, mm-hmm. say something nice about the kid. Give him props. Go backstage and be like, hey, man. I probably shouldn't have, you know, said anything about Pittsburgh. You know, I apologize. You know, you didn't look your best, whatever. I would love to squash this, but he didn't. Sean went up and and he was a dick trying to, again, air quotes, trying to apologize to, to Dallas, asking why he had a beef with him or if he if he was angry at Sean. And Dallas said, yeah, you're damn right I'm angry. It's I just I don't understand where the industry is going with this, and, and I don't want to take it too sidetracked from what we were talking about with Dallas on stage and what happened. But it, it just seems like this this industry is turning into like a soap opera where you just have so much bullshit that's going on, and it completely detracts from what we should be focusing on on stage, and that's the athletes. I mean, and I don't want to go back to Peter McCuff saying it's about the athletes, it's not about you. You know what? At the time, I thought Peter was an ass for saying that, but you know what? Looking at it now, Peter is 100% correct. 
we need to be focusing more on the athletes and enough with the bullshit between RX and MD detracting what these guys are doing on stage and what we should be focusing on. It, I'm I'm just totally over it. I don't I don't care if people hate me for for, you know, not standing with Dave or or, you know, bashing MD or bashing both of them. I don't I don't even care anymore. You know what? If you want to bash us for being journalists and saying our opinion and stuff, then by all means, go for it. But if you're a true bodybuilding fan and lover of the sport, what you're seeing right now is an atrocity. It is a shit show, and and I hate it. I want us to – I don't want to you know, stand around the, the campfire and sing Kumbaya and roast marshmallows and shit. But by all means, just – Cut your ties, cut your losses, go on with your life, do what you're doing. MD, you go keep you know running into the ground, whatever you want to do. RX, you keep doing what you want to do, whatever you want to do, and just go your separate ways. You know This industry is big enough that all of us can be in it, and we don't have to socialize. So you know, enough is enough. Just get back to reporting, bodybuilding, and put all of the shit in the past in the past. Right. I mean, I think – I don't know if I'm just – feeling like a, a a dated old man today or what but i feel like social media is responsible for everything you just complained about as well it, it is it because is. like that's i mean you saw dave said a thousand times oh when 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 sean took him from me i said get that camera on me why'd you say get the camera on me dave why'd you say the only reason you said that is because you're thinking social media hits you know likes views and this stupid petty bullshit between them gets views and hits and likes, etc. And back fifteen again, fifteen years ago, the old ass man I am, you, you this wouldn't happen because nobody would like there'd be there'd be even less of a like nobody would care because it'd have to come out a month later in a magazine. People would be like huh, and laugh about it. You know, it's not like I remember back in the day you had like. Pro Bodybuilding Weekly, we're talking like 05, 06. Um, and, and like, so 11, 12 years ago. And there was some shows called Magazine Wars where you had MD and Weeder basically battling and, and stuff. But it was never like this. It was totally different. Like when John Romano came on and bitched about uh, Weeder, he didn't talk like this shit that's going on he was like professional and that's john romano and same with peter mcguff when talking about john romano because those guys would feud back and forth uh, or or steve blackman for that matter and and but it was like it was a little it, it was like a it just wasn't it wasn't the main thing and it was rare now it's like this bullshit, and I, I almost, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Sean is just, like, doing this, like, talking shit about Dallas just for publicity, you know? Because he can do that with stupid ass, with social media, he can do that. Uh, he can just, you know, you can say fantastical stupid shit and make people hate you, but guess what? You get 100,000 views on there and YouTube sends you a check, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, so I think I think a lot of this is does stem from YouTube in regards to RX. Like I think I I agree with you. I think it it sounds re really two things. First, it sounds it, it looks like reaching. Like you really at this point talking about MD and, and Sean's comments that aren't related to you at all is it looks like reaching. You're reaching for content to talk about. I mean, Dave made a video like today of him just him talking about what Sean said. It's like, really? 
You're going to make a 20 minute video of just you talking about what, like, I mean, come on now. And not only does it seem like reaching for content, it also really is like the epitome of sour grapes to me. Like they can't let it go. They just have to talk about MD all the time. Um, even when they're not talking about MD, they're why cut back and all this shit. It's like that. Like you even talk about MD when you're not talking about MD, um, which to me sounds like sour grapes or seems like sour grapes. And you know, um, Dave is Dave's better than this. I don't I don't understand why he right. keeps going on. You know what? You parted ways. And you know what? You're doing a freaking fantastic job with RX. So you know what? Let that speak. You know, stop talking about everything that MD did, didn't do, how bad they screwed you over. You know what? The biggest middle finger that you can give them is to keep doing what you're doing and show them the success that you've had with RX and what you've built yourself. Let that speak for it. Stop stop rambling on about this back and forth. Why cut back and ah, Blackman this, Blackman that, blah, 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 blah. It, it's, it's enough. You know what? It, you're better than that. You know, just let your let your work speak for itself. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Central Bodybuilding, brought to you by Iron Mag Labs and Iron Mag Research and Iron Magazine. Check all three of those sites out. You guys know the spiel. You can use my coupon code, Jeff15, at ironmaglabs.com or ironmagresearch.com for 15% off at checkout. And with that, I am Jeff Roberts. Until next time, for Matt Wyke, we are out of here.